Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we made it past we are. the challenge of last week. Interesting. Yeah. Hope you all enjoyed that. Yeah, hope so. Hope you all had a good fourth. I think. Yeah. I guess we actually could have said that last time too, but mm, it's true. Yeah. But either way, did you watch some fireworks on the waterfront there? I will say I doubt it. <laughs> even though you're going to be hmm. down there. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe I did. I mean, <laughs> even though you were down there? <laughs> Maybe I did. <laughs> I forgot. Well, I had a lot okay. to drink. I'm sorry. Well, I will be, uh, as of the airing of this episode, come, be coming hot off the tails of uh, Chelsea's 10-year high school reunion. Oh, that's right. Should be pretty fun with her yeah. class of 12 people, <laughs> something wow. like that. I don't know. It's a, it's a shockingly small number. And when this comes out, I will be, what, a week? and a half or something from going back to Wisconsin for my quote-unquote vacation. 30th? 25th. Oh, sorry. Jesus, <laughs> that's still bad. Yeah. Uh, Sweet. Anyway. You going to say hi to Eric while you're there? You're oh, go, absolutely. Not, I'll, say, just, I'll, not just say hi, but be hanging out with him. I will see my brother from another mother, yes. Born on the same day in the same hospital. Across the hallway. That's nuts. Hours apart. That's seriously pretty cool. And then became good Who's friends. Older, you or him? Uh, he is by a few hours. Cool. Yep. We always make fun. Well, we joke about that. But he's the old man. I'll drink to that. <laughs> oh, I love Eric. I will drink he's to that. Boy. I, I'll, I'll go first this time. I always ask what yeah, you're Yeah, no, first. do it. Um, so I have copious amounts of beer left from my birthday bonfire. That I missed because my missed. car is uh, not okay. really roadworthy. Mm, that's okay. Anyway, but, you um, know. so I'm just drinking what other people brought. Oh, um, I see. This is a Widmer Brothers Hazy Jack Pale Ale. I like it because there mm. is a jackalope, jackalope on it. And the jackalope was first discovered about 30 minutes outside of my hometown. So I've never seen that one. Yeah, and no. I was also... Did I ever tell you I was in a, an independent feature film? Yes, you have. About, yes. about the jackalope? Yes, you have. It's called I, Stag Bunny. Mm-hmm, sounds like mm-hmm. a porn, but it's not. <laughs> that 100% sounds like a porn. Sure does. Um, I probably uh, said it on the podcast already, but I have a Kevin Bacon number of three. If you don't know what that is, it is six the degrees of six separation degrees, yes. from Kevin Bacon. Yeah. You can take any actor. Three is pretty good. You can take any actor and connect them to Kevin yeah. Bacon in Three at is pretty least good. six or seven degrees. I think it's seven. I always say six. It's seven degrees. Is it seven anyway, degrees? Um, oh. yeah. So I was in Stag Bunny with my friend Don, who was in uh, Starship Troopers with uh, Denise Richards, who was in Wild Things with Kevin Bacon. Oh, so I love that movie. Yeah, uh, I love Star, Star Starship <laughs> Troopers. Yeah, uh, Wild Things was yeah, yeah, whatever. But Starship Troopers rocks so good. Yeah, I'm doing my part. Uh, uh, what, anyway, what are you drinking? So I thought this would be a little appropriate for what we're listening to. Kinda ish. I don't know. This is a uh, from Wayfinder. It's called Hell. It's a uh, logger. Hella's Laga. It, yeah. So, anyway. Anyway. I mean, we always, like, I, I allude to what we're going to listen to, but it's like, you already know, because it's yeah. in the description. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should, should we stop doing that? No. Should, no okay. It's the format at this All point right, after two okay. years. I guess that's true. Yep. Anyway. Okay. Um, so, yeah. 
Here cool. we are. Here we are. We're not here to talk about my hell logger from nope. Wayfinder. Not here to talk about that. What are we here to talk about? We're here to talk about music, Alan. Yes, we are. And what are we listening to? <laughs> Pretty Hate Machine by Nine Inch Nails. Oh, shit. What? I did the wrong album. Oh, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> just oh, kidding. you had me. You I've had never heard this. <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard this? Hey man, there's this band I love And I know you love them too But you're just shaking your head Like you haven't got a clue well, What are we gonna do about it? I've got an idea Start a podcast and talk about it While sipping on a beer You've never heard this You've never heard this You've never heard this You've never heard this yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You actually got me on that one. I was like, wait, what? Oh man. Oh, Tell me about Nin. You pulled the Kirk there. Sure did. Oh man. So, uh, well, Trent Reznor is, especially this album. I I just realized we we are doing it. We always end up connecting them somehow. Trent Reznor is also a film composer. Oh, absolutely. He anyway, is. sorry. Oh, I continue. I didn't think of that. <laughs> it just dawned on me. I never thought to connect Trent Reznor and and Randy Newman, but that, yes, hey, they're in the same uh, the same fold. You are right. Uh, what a weird time to be alive. Seriously. Uh, so especially with this album, uh, Nine Inch Nails is. Trent Reznor. Yes. Uh, for the most part. Much like uh, the first Foo Fighters album was Dave Grohl. Sure. Uh, born 1965 um, in Pennsylvania, Newcastle. Oh, he's 57. Man. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, it's going to be 60 in three years. Wow, yeah. That just seems mm, weird. Um so it's kind of weird. So he's from Newcastle, Pennsylvania, but he gets his start in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, of all places. Who we talked about a band somewhat recent that had their start in Cleveland. Yeah, I and I don't remember who it was. It was. Let me take a look here. But keep, keep talking. Yep, uh, so Trent was at the time. Um, a handyman and an engineer at a small studio in Cleveland. And he was allowed to use the studio on his off time. And so he... What a lucky guy. Right? I mean, that actually sounds really cool. Uh, He would use his off time to uh, just do his own music. Um, I don't know. It's just very... it, It sounds very cool to, like, you know, just use the studio, use the the equipment... And so Just have free reign of the exactly uh, fr- yeah. of the computers and the instruments and the. Sorry, you're trying to figure out. Yeah, trying it was. to figure that out. But you, you yeah, just yeah, keep okay. talking. Okay, all right. I just um, I've got so I got a lot of notes on my phone here. So, uh, but he worked with a producer that I've I've seen before. I don't know if we've talked about this producer before on the podcast, but his name. He goes by Flood. Mm-hmm. His name is Mark Ellis. 
and he has worked with, I only wrote down a few, um, and some of these really make sense for this 1989 album. Uh, New Order, U2, mm-hmm. Depeche Mode, Ministry, and Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, yeah. Just a few of what he's, uh, of who he's worked with. Yeah, couldn't find the Cleveland band. By okay. The way. I, but I just remember being like, Cleveland? Um, Maybe so, it was Phil, Filter? Oh, possible. I couldn't find it in any of my okay. notes. And I have stopped right. taking notes on your bands because I want to be surprised sure. by... By information, so... Okay, so I've got a couple quotes here, because I actually found quite a bit on this album. This is, and I will say, so 1989, this was Nine Inch Nails' debut album. Uh, Again, mostly it was Trent, and the rest was just... It was it, it was, was filter. filter, and it's because okay. Richard Patrick was a guitarist for, for Nine Inch Nails oh during God. this tour. That's right. Oh, that makes so much sense. So... Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about this, but uh, Reznor said a lot of it sounds immature, immature, uh, immature to me now, yes. he stated in 1991, of the recordings that were then two years old. At first, it totally sucked. I became completely withdrawn. I couldn't function in society very well, and the LP became a product of that. It's quite small-scale, introverted, claustrophobic. That's the feel I went for. And... I can kind of see what he's saying, especially knowing more. Because, like, you're going to listen to this not knowing the rest of his catalog. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a little interesting. And I kind of I did this on purpose to to bring out his first album. Mm-hmm. Um, he went on to say he's described Pretty Hate Machine as the all-purpose alternative album. Yeah, I saw that. Remarking yeah. that if you want to stage, stage dive to it, you can. But if you're a big Depeche Mode fan, you can get what you need out of it as well. Mm-hmm. Totally, again, this is a, one of those albums that in looking at it more critically, I was like, man, because I, I like Depeche Mode a lot. And I was like, there's kind of a lot of, which we'll get into. Uh, he also said, I like electronic music, but I like it to have some aggression. Mm-hmm. The first wave of ele- electro music, Human League and Devo, that's the easiest way to use it, to be able to get some humanity and aggression into it in a cool way. That's the thing. Pretty Hate Machine is a record you can listen to and get more out of each time. To me, something like Front 242, which I have no idea, is the opposite. Great at first, but after 10 listens, that's it. Mm-hmm. So, again, when I read these quotes um, in context of an album I've been listening to, wow, I mean, for 20 years, um, it's like, okay, that makes sense that he was, he was, I, I've never seen him say it, but I'm sure he was a huge fan of New Order and Depeche Mode. And Ministry. And Ministry, and, and yeah, so... I get what he's saying that he took that new wave sound and he wanted it to have, like he said, he wanted it to have aggression. And so this first album is him, I feel like, playing with that. Yeah. He quite, he hadn't quite found it yet. Yeah. yeah. He hadn't he's quite. definitely experimenting. Yes. Figuring he's out. experimenting. He hears it in his head, but he can't quite get it to sound Absolutely. what he wants to. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I just tell you, I'm so glad you're finally picking Nine Inch Nails <laughs> because I have is, yeah. held off on exploring them more 
for the past two years because I know how much this band means to you, and I wanted you to be the one to open that door for me. And I don't... Uh, Aside from, like, Closer. I mean, I obviously know, you know, that song. I mean, everyone knows that Right, right. And I figured there might have been, I would say, maybe two on this, or no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. A, a one for sure. Yes. I want to say there's probably another one. I just can't sure. think of it right now. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Uh, one, the one last thing I'll say before we get into it is this was designated triple platinum. So, wow. Yeah. It was. It 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 had a very slow start. Yeah. Uh, despite really good reviews, um, but since has, you know, done really well. So sweet. Let's start off with head like a hole. Let's start. This is the one I know for sure that yeah. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, if you knew any of them, you knew Especially this Especially that one. line. Bow okay. down before the one you serve, you're sure. going to get what you deserve. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, shockingly did not know that this album is an album of the 80s. I did not know that Nine Inch Nails was, you know, a band that was, that was around before 93. So I actually have to admit that I kind of forgot that this was from 89 uh, because... Um, as far as I can remember, my introduction to Nine Inch Nails was uh, the Downward Spiral, yeah. which was 93? I forget. I looked it up, too, and I forgot. Um, this, this album came out this uh, is, one year and three months after I was wow. born. Wow. Sorry, four months. Literally a baby. Yep. Um, so I think I... I I had to go backward, you know. Um, so I've got some quotes on this song, which is interesting. Uh, he said he wrote it as a last-minute throwaway, whereas the other songs in the album were born of a meticulous and agonizing process. He said, Head Like a Hole only took me 15 minutes to write in my bedroom. I don't remember what I was thinking about at the time, but it was pretty much about yelling at a beast without putting a face to it. Um, 
It's also been attributed to an Al Jurgensen quote, who is the lead singer of Ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, listening to Ministry is like having a nine-inch nail hammered into your head like a hole. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things, like we, like you just said, He, I'm sure he was a fan of Ministry and Al Jurgensen. And, yeah, and it wasn't like, I'm going to copy them, no, but... No, I think but, I can take what they do and make it sound the way I want. Exactly. And again, this first album was, I think, just him feeling out what he could do, you know, trying to figure out where he could go with his sound. Yeah, well, Trent Reznor was literally playing around in the studio. Literally. Yeah, I mean, and for for this album to come from that is amazing. Right. And to me, only speaks to what an amazing, amazing musician he will become. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and his catalog grows to this day. Yeah. So, yeah, he's an he's I I am absolutely in awe of Trent Reznor. He's a talented dude. Seriously. All right, let's go to Terrible Lie. got a quote here uh, and this is something that I've picked up on in my many years of being a fan of Nine Inch Nails uh, but he said uh, all of the lyrics like heresy can be interpreted as an attack on religion specifically Christianity they are deeper and more personal than pure criticism the song questions organized religion disappointments with unanswered prayer and his desire to actually have a relationship with God his lyrics are angry, hurting, and at times laced with irony. There are just some things that don't seem very fair in the world, like this fucking hypocrisy of organized religion. I just don't understand how people can blindly believe a bunch of the shit they're fed to believe it so that they don't think too hard about other issues. Be a good boy and you'll go to heaven. If it works for you, fine. But it doesn't work for me and that pisses me off because I kind of wish it did. I just haven't found what the right thing for me is. I definitely believe there's a God and thought that he might be a kind God that cares about your problems, is also 
a nice thought. But the idea of heaven and hell and what is right and wrong and was Jesus the son of God, I don't know about all that. So that's something I've picked up uh, with a lot of his music is he uses a lot of um, religious, especially Christianity, uh, like like imagery, mm-hmm. but not necessarily in a always like a pejorative way. Just like he uses a ton of sexual like imagery that is not necessarily always sexual in nature. Right. It's he's singing it in a like it, it sounds sexual. But he's singing about something else, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if I'm putting that right, but yeah. Sort, sort of the same way he might be singing about, you know, religion, but he's not necessarily talking about religion. Well, in that, in that way, this song reminds me a lot of Closer. It's almost cl- the predecessor to Sure. So there's another song say, on yeah. here as well that I think that about. Sure. You know, like, you, you know, my whole existence is flawed. You bring me closer to God. I yes. mean, he's talking yes. about, I want to fuck yes. you like an animal. Yes. I, mean, yeah. you know? <laughs> I mean, so much of his, <clears throat> at, at least so much of his early music was, I think, him struggling with himself. Yeah. Was him fighting himself. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of this album, I think, is. Can and, I just can I just tell you? Yeah. It's, it's he must take incredible care of his voice because he his voice has not changed a bit. Yeah. This album is thirty three years old. That's oof. and his voice sounds the same now as it did then. Seriously, that's incredible. Yeah, I agree. I love that weird those weird sounds the in the at the end of the song there. He is. I mean, this is his early like. He didn't even know what he was... I mean, he knew what he was doing to an extent, but, sure. you know, he was still learning. Yep. Which is amazing. And that's the thing is, like, when I first listened to this, and when I've, you know, I never researched this album. I didn't realize that he made most of this, or at least, um, you know, conceptualized most of this in a studio after hours, like... Oh my Jesus, yeah. that's so cool. He's like the musical version of uh, Will Hunting. Yes, yeah, <laughs> finishing like, the, 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 you know, the... The equation on yeah, the blackboard. exactly. He's just a janitor handyman. <laughs> I mean, actually, <laughs> let me take that keyboard and yep. <laughs> here we go. Let me take that sequencer, I'll exactly. figure something out. Uh-huh. Yep. That's cool, though. All right, how about Down In It? How about it? So 
And maybe that, maybe I should give more uh, credit to Flood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, because he was already a a uh, established producer, so I don't know how much Trent maybe leaned on him. But I just feel like it's, you know, I listen to like the little cheering parts in mm-hmm. the background that they're almost using as a percussion. Right. And it's just tight. Like, it's just kind of perfect. So, yeah, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I wonder how much of that it was Flood, how much was Trent. Yeah. You know, this is a question we've asked before. Right. But how how much does the producer have in the album? Exactly. Um, I think it's interesting that it's, it's, this is a song where it's very clear that Trent is figuring out what Nine Inch Nails is because he's rapping. Literally, uh, man, the late '80s. Tell you, I'll tell you. It's, uh, it was a time. time. Uh, it was a melting pot. Yes. Uh, so I've got quotes on this, which this is interesting. And I failed to look up this song, but Trent said he admitted that the song is musically, quote, a total ripoff of "Dig It" by Skinny Puppy. And I, I've listened to Skinny Puppy, but I don't know that song. Uh, there were the let me, fir- let me look it up. Yeah, look it up. Uh, the first band that. Nine Inch Nails toured with in 88. Um, uh, So it was inspired by a breakup with a woman named Chrissy. Uh, Reznor said uh, from his youth, when I thought I had my act together, to getting older and realizing certain things don't work out the way you hoped they would. Um, So yeah. uh, Apparently, a Gatorade commercial also made a very close version of this for us, oh. and he ended up suing them, yeah. and there was a whole thing. Interesting. I, I think it's interesting that I searched for Dig It, and yeah. we have the first two listings are Skinny Puppy, and then the third one is Down In It by Nine Inch Nails. Oh. But here's here's Dig It. Yeah. Uh, I've never, the, far as I know, I've never even heard this song. Let's see here. Uh. Hmm. Let's get some words here. Yeah. Maybe. Are there no words? No. Um. There's layers. This is just. I think a, uh, it's a different mix. I mean, I can, I can, I can yeah. hear the similarities. It's uh, it, uh, down in it is a sped up version, I think. So I think maybe that shows some of Trent's uh, character is him. Like I think he could have spun that as it was inspired by, right? Or it was you know something like, but you know to be like, no, I ripped it off. You know, it's like that's. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's Trent. Like he's just. Trent's a straight shooter. Sure, um, I think he. I think Trent is one of those. From everything I've read about him, that he would just be a good dude. Sure, 
And actually, I was talking about Nine Inch Nails before I came down here, um, before you arrived, uh, with some friends. And I said, I remember, I guess it would be the, yeah, it would be the only time I've seen them live was Lollapalooza quite a few years ago. Mm. And I was so excited because they've been one of my favorite bands forever. And I knew that Trent, that they might, there was a possibility they weren't going to play because Trent had uh, canceled their, most of their tour because he was sick. And they were like, no, 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 he's playing. And I was like, hell yeah. I don't remember who, you know, because Lollapalooza, there's another band playing at the same time. I don't remember who it was. But I wanted to see Nine Inch Nails. And he came out, and he was so apologetic. And basically he said something along the lines that he didn't want to cancel the Lala, you know, performance. But hey, I'm still sick. My voice is not what it should be. And you could hear it. He was, you know, like he was getting over a cold. He was kind of hoarse. And he's kind of like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do my best for y'all. And kind of like, if I can't, because he couldn't get like the higher parts or the screaming Well, it's like when we saw Decemberists at Edgefield. Yes. Yeah. And so he was kind of like, hey, if the crowd wants to kind of, you know, help me out. And it was kind of. I mean, you could tell he was sick, and but he was, man, he tried his hardest. And yeah, the crowd, like there were certain parts where he couldn't sing the part and the crowd would just come in and we would all sing it together. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was just very cool. It was very cool for him to be very like, hey, I, because like what I said, I get sick, I get a cold, I don't want to go to my job and my job's easy. <laughs> right, yeah. For him to like probably feel like shit, you know, much rather be in bed and he's up on stage doing his thing. That's fucking cool to me. Yeah. So cool. anyway, that's like one of my, like, even though he didn't sound great, man, he, you know, he did, he did his all. So Good. that's cool. Yeah, that is Good on cool. you, Trent. Good on you. Because he knew that we'd all bought our tickets probably oh, yeah. months before. Yeah. And there was, you can't get a refund because of one band at Lollapalooza. right. right. Yes, he can refund the people that bought tickets for his tour, but not Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, if you listen to the podcast, Trent. <laughs> All right, let's go to the one ballad. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Uh, something I can never have. Uh, nope. How about track number four? Sanctified. Oh, we didn't do Sanctified. My bad. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm the worst. Okay, then the ballad. the 
Yeah, just kind of a song about a spiritual cleansing. There's a lot of people who seem to think this is about drugs. Well, that's because there is an old quote about... Because uh, Trent said that... It, oh, and I didn't write it down, but it was... A, because it, it said it was an old quote, so it might have been one of those, like, in the heat of the moment quotes. Yeah. But he said it was about a relationship with him and a heroin needle or something sure. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, All I wrote know, down was that it wasn't about a lady. No. So maybe... I mean, maybe he was on drugs, and maybe he was inspired. I don't know. Uh, it was just that one quote that everybody kind of took and ran with. So, yeah. so I didn't put a, a, you know, it was a grain of salt. So, for sure. Hey, could you do me a favor and yes. start this song over? Absolutely. And turn it up. Mm-hmm. This is what I do. I sit on you. Sit on you. Sit on you. This is what I do. I sit on you. Right on your head. <laughs> um, could you start this song over for me, real quick? What again? It also sounds like Raz. Raz. Oh! Come on with Raz. Yeah. Hop on my jet ski. Grab into my waist. Take a ride Maybe, maybe Tim and Eric are big Nine Inch Nails fans. Maybe. They could be. I could see that. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, my God. I kind of love that. Thank you, Alan. You're welcome. <laughs> now Except I'll, now I'll never be able to listen to that song again. This is what I do. I see it. I, oh, my God. I used to send that to everyone all the time because it, didn't, like, it was my favorite thing. It's a good one. I love Tim and Eric so Me much. Too. All right. So now, <laughs> now, now it's the the quote unquote ballad of the song. And do you want to do a break after this one? Sure. All right. This is something I can never have. Oh, young Kirk <laughs> would listen to this on repeat. Oh yeah. adore this song yeah again because especially because it resonated so much with me in my early very very emo days um but i can definitely so now going back and listening to this a little more critically i can see that this is his early 
songwriting because it is I still again I will reiterate I adore this song mm-hmm. and but it the, the lyrics are so emo oh yeah like, you know it's so, like I said it cringy lyrics kind of but hey the kid was 24 exactly yeah. so that's what I'm like he his songwriting wasn't quite you know he hadn't found that uh, subtlety right. quite yet yeah and I mean beyond this I mean the rest of the like his songwriting on this is pretty decent yeah, in my I mean, opinion he's a, he's always been a great arranger and like yes he his composition is amazing he knows what he wants to go where yeah absolutely uh but again just i'm like wow like i just i can just picture him like getting scorned by somebody and immediately going to the studio to record this 100 (laughs) percent. and i think that's why it resonated with with like you know, seventeen-year-old Kirk. So every seventeen-year-old boy has unhealthy expectations of women and what uh, they quote unquote owe them. Yes. Well, I was nice to you, so you no, owe me something. Okay. No. 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 I didn't have that. Oh, I was definitely. I was definitely yeah? like white white knight, nice guy syndrome for sure. I mean, I might have had that a little bit because I was always the fucking nice guy. Yeah. Still am, but I see what you're saying, but. Uh, but it's like, why couldn't we just be nice to be nice? <laughs> why does something need to happen in return? Well, but also he he talks about like being scorned and like being like just after you you taught me how to kiss. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I had a woman that I had a huge crush on. She was literally my first kiss, and the next day, I thought, oh, we're. We're dating, obviously. I mean, I was very naive. So to think that, oh, we made out, you taught me how to kiss, that means we're together. (laughs) Yeah. The next day I find out she's dating some other dude, and I was fucking crushed. Yeah. So, again, like, yes, the lyrics are heavy-handed, but I, man, I related yeah. so much it, it helped you at a time when you needed it that is absolutely right absolutely yeah uh-huh definitely someone gets me man oh my god that's so true yeah yeah, yeah. trent was like my boy yeah. <laughs> oh the power of music the i love it i do love it <laughs> all right we're gonna take, take a break, break. To, we're gonna we'll do tackle, a little... tackle the last half of this we're gonna cry a little and then we'll be back yeah <laughs> okay howdy podcast listeners i'm trevor teacher and i'm matt foster and together we co-host the nighthawks podcast a movie-centric podcast that covers just about everything big films citizen kane casablanca the avengers star wars the films that aren't as big on budget but we still love found footage 3d the big lebowski not to mention films from distant shores lone wolf and cub dearest sister plus we have some great guests like alamo drafthouse founder tim lee episode 7 dr strange writer c robert cargill episode 100 director steven de Janeiro. episode 53 episode 100 or you can listen to any of the over 120 other episodes we have on deck for you instant classics find us on all good podcatchers apple podcasts Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, Spotify. Or at our website, nighthawkspodcast.com. Join our cult. Probably not a real cult. It's a real cult. I love that we're still using those pre-recorded little ditties. So we should look in. I should. I know at one point I had looked into, you can get some, I 
think you can get some new ones preloaded or something or like I think there's in the machine itself, right? Because we have well, like, no, there are a couple in the machine, but I believe like you can go to the website of the the interface. Huh. I'm not sure, or you can make your own. I just feel like when you first got it, I had looked into it a little yeah. bit, but so anyway, not that you guys all care, but we're back with some nine inch nails. We are. So we are indeed a little glimpse into high school Kirk here. <laughs> a little glimpse. <laughs> a little, actually, a <laughs> very, yes, deep glimpse. Indeed. Uh huh. All right. So let's uh, keep it moving, right? With uh, kinda, I want to. Kinda, I want to. So I feel like this song, Kinda I Want To, and the next one, Sin, are kind of tied together slightly. Yeah. Because uh, he's just kind of talking about, like, and I've definitely been here, where it's like, oh, this is not the right thing to do, but right. I kind of want to do it. Kinda I Want To. I love that the 80s really comes through in this song. Oh, and it does. This This is a song that when I hear it, it reminds me that the, no matter the preconceived notions I had of Nine Inch Nails going sure. into this, this is not an industrial album. Not yet. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. Yeah, his, he's. I see what you're saying, and that's the funny thing. I when I was reading a lot about this album, is how a lot of critics, like some, were like, "Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that." I think it was just so new that everyone was like. We what is this? We don't really know what this is. Right. It's maybe got some, yeah, industrial influence. Yeah. So I was really surprised that the word dance was used a lot. I was like, you could dance to this. I mean, yeah. I mean, now that I think about it, sure I could. Um, but then the next song, which we'll get to, is Sin, which is kind of a similar thought of like, you know, sinning, being, you know, doing the wrong thing or whatever. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. Well, shall we do a little sin? I love that it's track number seven, too. Uh-huh. 
And he did the soundtrack for Seven. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you like this song. Uh, this song, okay, case in point that this yeah. is not an industrial album. Sure. This song is more synth pop, like new wave in a way. So, uh. There's like a little bit of like, you could tell he's moving in that direction. Yes. So, I, I, I wholeheartedly. I. So, before doing this for the podcast. I would have argued with you. And I would have said, what are you talking about? It's a Nine Inch Nails album. Of course it's industrial. But doing the research and like listening to this album with that, you know, kind of critical ear, I was like, oh, yeah, no, this album is like if Depeche Mode decided to do a little harder album. Yeah, just a little harder. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. But, but yes, like you said... He's moving in that direction. Yeah. Because, again, he's a fan of, like, Ministry and, obviously, Skinny Puppy. He's on the ship. He can see Industrial Island on the horizon, but he has not yet docked. He, he left Depeche Mode Island. Yes, he's on his way. So, yeah, I get it. That, And now that I listen, I do listen to this album now a little differently. Yeah. Because, I, again, I'm, I am a fan of the New Wave and, you know, like Depeche Mode type stuff. And it's just interesting to me that this is like, oh, it's Depeche Mode with some teeth. So, yeah. So, you get it. Alan gets it. I get it. Nah. All right. Oh, 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 this this song gets, is a little close to We home. didn't even do that on purpose. No, we didn't, but... But track number eight is called That's What I Get.
I'm not the only boy for you That's what I get That's what I get That's what I get That's what I get close to home mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit <laughs> I guess I'm not the only boy for you oh it's all right it's fine I'm cool now I'm good you're good I'm good am I yes I am <laughs> yes I definitely am. uh heavy heavy Depeche Mode influence on this song for sure yes for sure uh-huh. for sure what you get, Kurt? It, it is, but like, you know, we talk about like kind of the industrial influence. It is dirty. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like where, okay, like if Depeche Mode had done this song, it would be more, so much cleaner, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little Still more heavy, polished. but not, yes, not dirty. But more polished. Where this is more like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, where are we at? We're at the penultimate track. Penultimate. That means second to last. It does. We gotta keep. We we've been slacking on that. I know. It's not. And and it hasn't. Been, oh, we were both going for it. It hasn't been the only, only time. time. I'm drunk. Right now I'm so in love with you, and I don't. Too much about what we should or shouldn't do. Lay my hands on heaven and the sun and the moon and the stars while the devil wants to fuck me in the back of his car. Nothing quite like the feel something new. have anything on this one it just sounds like so, another precursor to closer to me a little bit a little bit yeah so sure. why why this album and not downward spiral for example um so i i adore downward spiral but one thing you learn is like this album was more just kind of straightforward 
Downward Spiral is where he starts getting more into his ambient, where there are, you know, how do I put it? Like Tool. You know, where Tool... It's easy to just, like, zone out to Tool. Even, Even though there's a lot going on. Yes. Yeah. So, just like Tool, where they would have 12 minute songs where there's minimal singing. Mm-hmm. Like, he starts getting into that, which, like you said, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Like, I remember, yeah, just zoning out to a lot of the uh, subsequent albums, Nine Inch Nails. Um, but I was like, for the podcast, like, let's start at the beginning. Very straightforward. There's no, there's very little, there, I would say no ambient kind of, you know, instrumental type stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. And start just starting at the beginning. So yeah. Yeah. That's why. Sweet. Yeah. I dig it. Alright. So let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up with Ring Finger. Mm. Now that's that's an eighties jam right there. Oh yeah. I feel like this is a good example of even being young and he hasn't uh, had a lot of life experience yet. His songwriting is ahead of his own time. Yeah. Where he's kind of singing about marriage, having not been married. Right. Uh, I don't know. It's very interesting to me. Uh, I think this song is the closest to industrial on the album. Okay, sure, I can see that. I dig it. It's a good song. Uh, And one thing I have not talked about, and that was on purpose, just because... uh, So he has... um, A lot of electronic music does samples. Yes. And he did do samples on this album, but the reason I didn't bring those up is that even his... I had a quote by him... That basically he took, he would sample songs and beats and drums and, but he would mix them up so much mm-hmm. and reverse them and do this to them that they were no longer anything. recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then he does the same thing with the. Uh, 
It's it's along the same lines with the the album art. Did you see that? Yes, that there, and I knew never knew that. Yeah, but so the the cover art blades. is yeah, yeah, it's blades from a propeller that were then like stretched out. I always thought it was a ribcage, stretched ver- yeah. vertically to create the illusion of a ribcage. Pretty cool. Yeah, but I will say I did notice or I did read that there are two samples in this. Again, I don't even know if you could listen to the songs and and pick them out. Oh, I couldn't. Uh, I, I saw one in the timestamp where it came up, and I still really? couldn't, I still I couldn't never, hear it. I never tried. I was curious, but uh, the one one is Alphabet Street by Prince and uh, Had a Dad by Jane, Jane's Addiction. So. We, uh, we didn't mention that there is a sample of dialogue from Midnight Cowboy. There is. Again. Is I, that on Sanctified? I want to say oh, it's on I Sanctified. Now. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's a there's a there little is. bit of dialogue uh-huh. from Midnight Cowboy. But again, but it was, something it I was, never... uh, It was taken out, or excuse me, Midnight, oh, that's Ex- right. Midnight Express. Yes, but, um, yes, but it was right. taken out for the remastered version of the album. That's right. So it's that's the one you can't even find anyway. So right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. All right, let's hear your final thoughts. So it has its flaws lyrically, as okay, we discussed. So, yeah. It's bad, bad high school poetry yeah. in some songs, oh, but yeah. it's Nine Inch Nails, and we know what happens after this. Yes. If nothing happened, we wouldn't be talking about this band or Trent Reznor, so he no. figured it out. So I can give him a pass on the bad, the and bad I think poetry this... because, because musically, it's fantastic. The dude obviously knew what he wanted it to sound like, and just the fact that he did it all on his own after hours at a recording studio is incredible. Incredible. For a guy in his 20s. I mean, kids are doing it now in their bedrooms, but sure. but for, you know, the 80s, that's an, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said he was, he was figuring, like, I feel like this album was him figuring things out. Yeah. Like, it was, it, we got to see his process in mm-hmm. a way. Right. And knowing that now, I love that. Yeah. Especially knowing more of his catalog I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Just kind of see his beginnings, see where he goes with it. Yeah. Yep. So I think uh, ooh, playlist pick. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do track nine, the only time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like the chorus on that one. Sweet. That was not okay. That's all right. Let's do it. I'll always love when it's a surprise, you know. Mm-hmm. Not that I always... Not, I wouldn't say that I always have, like, one in mind where I'm like, oh, he's going to pick... I mean, sometimes I do, but yeah. not always. But sometimes it's like, oh, he's... You know, you pick one and it's like, oh, oh, I didn't expect that one. Okay, yeah. yeah so I love Indeed. that. Cool. Very cool. All right. All right. We did Nine Snails, everyone. Yep. Finally. 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 That was fun. I can go listen to more Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, you can. Mm. And it only gets better from here. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Is this a band that you've kept up with or have you? Um, I kept up with for... Because he's one that has just kept going. Oh, yeah. Um, And I kept up for, I would say, into the late 2000s, just not more recent. So, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. You heard the band that he started with his wife? Uh, I'm aware, but I have not. How to Destroy yes. Angels? I'm a, oh, I think I've listened to a little bit, but yeah, I need to listen more. It's good Just stuff. Just because I respect him so much, and yeah. 
Yep. So cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, there we are, friends. There we are. We'll see you Get a hold time. of us on... Oh, here, yeah. Let me try. Get a hold of us on Facebook at Never Heard... Had Never Hear a Pod and <laughs> Instagram at uh, a pod you've never heard. And uh, Gmail is pods that don't exist. I'll never listen to a podcast. <laughs> uh, you nailed it, my friend. <laughs> oh, you fuckers know how to get a hold of us. Just do it. Just do God it. God damn it. Would you? I'm getting pissed now. No, I'm not. All right, let's go before you set this place on fire. I love you guys. Love you. (laughs)